return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. I think the clock says 9.01. December 31st. You celebrating the old year or the new? We're celebrating Jesus, right? Amen. Amen. Father, we love you, we love you, we love you. Thank you that you have placed eternity in our hearts. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you that even this very minute we get to experience the kingdom of God within us. Thank you for joy unspeakable and full of glory. Thank you for hope, hope, hope. You're the God of hope. Filling us with all joy, all peace, causing hope to abound. Praise your name. Thank you. I ask Holy Spirit, come. <clears throat> come, Holy Spirit, anoint your beautiful and wonderful word that will bring forth every single thing you want to accomplish in us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. So, ladies only today so far. Oh, how can I ignore? The men are on this side. Hallelujah. Well, we're calling it healing session number four today. So um, I know this happens only every eight weeks, but there is a continuity to it, right? (laughs) So uh, I don't know about you, but I've been learning a whole lot from um, this in-depth study. I hope you are too. I've been stirred to believe God on another level. I mean, an entirely higher (laughs) level. It's crazy, isn't it? We think that we have a handle on on this thing, like, for example, I know I've been dealing with um, this matter of union with Christ. And I just think that I got it figured out, you know, this interconnectedness, this never being separated from Christ, this partaking of his divine nature. This, um, I mean, ever since the beginning, God's always wanted union with us, union with us. Um Partaking of his divine nature. His, he's placed his very spirit in us. My granddaughter has just walked in. Good morning. And my daughter. So wonderful to have you guys here. He's placed his very spirit. I'm reading a novel right now, a historical novel about the raising of Jesus. His tomb being um, pilfered. Right now, that's kind of the angle they're taking from it. But it's such a supernatural thing. It's such a supernatural thing, what we experience every day, every minute of every day. The divine nature within us, the spirit of the living God. And it is a supernatural thing. Do you remember when you still walked in darkness? Do you remember when we were dead in our trespasses and sins? And then one choice, one yes to Jesus, and we step from death into life. And all of a sudden, we're alive unto God. So I think I told you um, that I'm taking communion daily now. Taking time, for me, I'm doing it in the evenings. 
just taking a, you know, some time to meditate on the power of the broken body of Christ and the blood, the power of the blood of Jesus to redeem us from every single curse. Every single curse. And so one day I was meditating on receiving the fullness, you know, the whole package, and I ended up just saying, Lord, I just got to have more faith. And um, at first, the, the verse popped into my mind, the one, um, you know, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word, and the word, and the word. And, and then the next couple of days, it's the Lord, like the Lord kind of wanted to add to that, or expand upon it. So I was reading this devotional by Joseph Prince, and he was sharing how easy it is for us to slip into this, putting all the pressure on ourselves. Like, Debbie, you need to read some more of the word. You need to do this. You need to do that. And he was actually using the scripture, I think I gave it to us, 2 Corinthians 10.5. Yes, casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And this is the part I want to draw your attention to. His devotional was on this part, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of, of Christ. And he was talking about how the, all this guilt he dealt with at the beginning of his Christian walk and this pressure and this condemnation like, you aren't thinking the right thing. And we've all dealt with that, right? Like, you were just sharing last week and you're in our small group thing how we, we, we get into this think, think, think and all this stuff and then finally we're aware like, oh, what are you thinking about that for? And then, you know, then we feel guilty about it. Anyway, what he was talking about in his devotional was this last part, and I must say I've never really put it together like this before, so I'm just going to share it with you. He said what we're supposed to do is bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What if all the pressure, all the emphasis, all the workload goes on Jesus? To the obedience of Christ and concentrating and focusing and being more aware of at all times what Jesus did, the complete finished work at the cross that Jesus did instead of, Debbie, you have to read a few more chapters of the Bible. Debbie, you have to spend some more time in prayer. Debbie, you've got to get your thoughts under control. You know what I'm saying? And then, uh, the same day actually, or maybe a couple days later, I can't remember, but it was all in the same time frame, the Lord also took me over to John 15. That word, um, abide in me. And uh, those, I don't think I gave you that scripture. Oh, you did get it for us. Thank you. Well, this is from the Passion. But first, just remember that phrase. That Jesus said, abide in me if you want to bear any fruit. Um, those first 10, 12 verses in John 15 have the word abide And then I believe the word remain is in there two of the ten times, but ten times in the Greek. Ten times. I mean, you'd think maybe Jesus is trying to say something. Abide, abide, abide. Well, which isn't a word we use a lot nowadays, right? I think some of the translations say remain. Some of the translations say stay united. Mm, We're back to the subject of union, aren't we? Stay united. And here's the way the Passion puts it. Remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union 
with you. This is part of, uh, well, this says it a little different. Where is the part that I wanted? This, um, oh, here it is, way at the end. Your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. I just love that phrase, intimately joined to mine. So anyway, this word abide, this word remain, this word dwell, it's like the Lord drew my attention to, we don't say the word abide in today's conversation much. Where do you abide? We don't say it like that. We don't even say too much of where do you dwell. But we do use this word dwell in our conversation when we're talking about our thinking. Like if you think on something for a long period of time, we use that phrase, I was dwelling on this. Or at least that's what the Lord showed me that one day. Debbie, this really has a lot to do with your union with Christ, what you dwell on, what you think on, what you focus on, what you think about at length. And I'm going to show you a couple of scriptures here that the Lord kind of showed me that day. Again, this is all about this living intimately in union with Christ. Um, how about Isaiah 26, 3? which is a verse that you probably all have memorized. You've pulled upon this, drawn from this many times. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And most of us use this verse in regards to what? Peace of mind, peace of heart, tranquility, calmness, quietness. How do we get it? When our mind is stayed on dwelling on, focused on, concentrating on Jesus and the finished work of the cross. Now, the word perfect peace in the English, it's pretty cool just like that, right? I'll take that. I'll take perfect peace any day. And we all know it comes from Jesus. And I think you're seeing that it has to do with what we focus on, what we think on, what we're conscious of. But in the Hebrew, that is actually shalom, shalom. Have you ever stayed at an all-inclusive? My family is we're busy planning a vacation for maybe a couple years from now at an all-inclusive resort. Well, that means everything is included. Well, here's an all-inclusive word, guys. Shalom, shalom. Peace and tranquility, quietness, yes, but also protection and safety and health and wholeness and prosperity, and everything going well. And it's connected to what, friends? What our mind is stayed on. Mm. Wow. So here's a third verse uh, in regards to this, what we think about, what we're focused on. Uh, Colossians 3, verse 2. Well, actually, we're going to... Yeah, let's just start right from the beginning, because the if, then, is kind of a big deal. But so there's a couple big secrets here of how to walk in Christ, how to live that intimate union with Christ. Seek the things that are above, where Christ is. Sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. A whole lot easier said than done, yes? The whole business with the kingdom of God is that it's invisible. I can't see it, I can't touch it, I can't feel it. I can't be reminded on the evening news every night that I have this wonderful God who's 
got this troop of angels watching over me. I can't see, touch, feel that he's with me, that he's gloriously at work in my life. It's all by faith. And then how did it start here? If you were raised with Christ, well, that's a big deal. Have you been raised with Christ? Yes. If we died with him and were buried with him and raised from the grave with him and ascended with him, all of this is by faith. And we can live from that place. Hallelujah. Uh, Again, the Passion Bible puts it like this. Let's see. Do we have the Passion Bible for just verse 2? There it is. Maybe? Here. Yes. So feast, it says. And we all experience that over Christmas, right? Eat till you're full, till you're running over. All these goodies. Well, here's what God has to say. Let's feast on. Let's just take it all in. All the treasures of the heavenly realm. And fill your thoughts with heavenly realities. Not the distractions of the natural realm. Wow. Again, friends, what we focus on is where our faith gets attached. I mean, that's why the people who listen to the news 24-7 are freaking out and they're anxious and they're troubled. And, and what happens when you get stressed? Your whole body responds, right? People's hearts start beating faster and you get jittery and your blood pressure goes up. And Well, guess what? When you think on the things of the kingdom, it's going to affect your body. That's why I'm attaching all this to this healing session. It's going to affect your body when you think on what Christ has already accomplished. All this peace, all this hope that's running over at the seams for you and I. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's true, the biggest faith builder, I guess, the biggest faith builder still spent time spending the word. But when it becomes this dry and dead ritual, like, okay, I'm studying First Ephesians and I'm going to answer. Like, I'm on the U version. I, I keep trying to find these new plans. Once in a while, I get these plans where they start with all these questions. Like, okay, don't start with a question. Give me the scripture first. First, I want to meditate on the word that's alive and powerful. Then you can ask me a question or two. And by then, I don't need to answer questions because I'm so rich and so full, right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So faith comes when, with fellowship. That's really the bottom line. Faith comes with fellowship. It's not all the pressure on you have to think this, you have to do this, you have to read more, you have to spend more time with God. If we just allow our minds to focus on, meditate on who he is, what he's accomplished, James says it gets engrafted into our souls. That's talking about our minds, will, and our emotions. Hallelujah. Jesus said it's possible to make the word of no effect just by our tradition. So again, if we've got this habit of, okay, it's my study time. I actually did a page in my book like that the other day. That Some of us, we get into this, um, okay, I got five minutes with the Lord. Boom, 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 boom. Dead, dry, hurry, hurry, I'm done. No, you're missing out on all the rich part of this intimate union with Christ. Hallelujah. We want the word to affect our beliefs. We want the word to affect our perspective. 
And we decide, we personally get to decide what fascinates us, what consumes us, what enthralls us. Isn't it fun? Did you get to open presents with little kids this Christmas? What they get enthralled with. Steve was telling me about a story he read online, or was it somebody, of a three-year-old waking somebody up in the middle of the night. I need a scissors. And they'd open every present, everybody's present under the tree. Like you get enthralled with the presents and the the gift wrapping and the, the ribbons and what enthralls you. We decide. Let's let Jesus, let's work, let the complete work at the cross thrill our hearts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that leads me then to the second element of transformation. We've been taught, I, I personally did this whole series on renewing the mind, and I know that most of my teaching was connected to renewing the mind is by the word. The word, the word, the word. But there is a second element that sometimes we forget to talk about. In 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, we can actually be transformed, friends, just by gazing at, beholding the glory of the Lord. Worship time, prayer time, soaking time. We all, with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. That's actually the definition in the Greek of beholding, is looking through a glass. So it's again back to this invisible thing. Everything with God is like, okay, it's a little fuzzy. I know you're there. I'm seeing you on that throne. I see the glory. I experience what I... Praise God, he gives us this tangible peace, this tangible hope that bursts in our hearts, this joy. But most of it is on the invisible level. Unless, have any of you gotten to behold, see the Lord Jesus? No, we're all walking by faith. But it's happening, right? There's this glorious thing going on inside of us. We get to behold the glory of the Lord, and then we're changed into the same image. What we behold is what we become, friend. What we behold is what we become. We're changed into the same image from glory to glory, even by the Spirit (coughs) of the Lord. Hallelujah. So I said all this because this entire concept of union, which is really the bottom line of everything with Christ, it's not easy to grasp, but it's worth pursuing. Remember, the commodity of the kingdom is still faith. And it's not begging, it's not pleading, it's not trying harder, it's not striving. I mean, Jeannie said it so beautifully, was it last week that she taught, where she said most miracles happen not when you're striving and trying really hard, it's when you're at rest, when we're focused on what Jesus did. Hallelujah. So let's, um, we got 10 minutes left, let's talk now a little bit about this avenue of health that God has provided for us in the communion. Because very few in the body of Christ really seem to know about the power of healing and health that's actually released in partaking of the broken body of Christ. Most of us are really well taught on the blood. Praise God. We know it was sinless blood. We know it was precious blood. We know it was extremely costly. 
the blood of Christ. First Peter 1, verse 18 and 19. The New Living Testament says it like this. You know that God paid a ransom. I mean, someday, just set your imagination to think about that. What if you were kidnapped? What if you were on a ship and nobody was going to let you go? None of those pirates until somebody came and paid this giant ransom. Well, you were not on a ship necessarily, but you sure were in trouble. (laughs) You and me. (coughs) And a ransom was paid to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it wasn't paid with mere gold or silver. That would have been easy for God to just hand over some money. That's not how he did it. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. And Colossians 1.14 says, We have redemption, the full price paid through his blood, even the forgiveness of our sins. It was the medium of exchange for the huge debt of sin. But for years, friends, partaking of the bread and the cup have been lumped together in the body of Christ, both being understood to be for the forgiveness of sins. But there's a whole lot more involved, a whole lot more. Specifically, I'm talking about the healing and the health of our bodies. Not only have we been cheated in our understanding of this avenue of healing and health, there's a whole lot of teaching going on that leads people to actually avoid taking communion. Because they've been taught that if you have any unconfessed sin, you mustn't partake, you mustn't partake. Or if there's any anger or, you know, strife in your relationship, don't take, don't take. Or what's the other one that, um, anger issues, something wrong in a relationship, unconfessed sin. And you got to admit, I'm sure you've heard it. You know, that they say, oh, you mustn't do that. You mustn't partake of the communion because there's this terrible danger involved. But friends, it's actually the avenue of health and healing. And the verse that they use is from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So let's actually look at that. It's this whole passage between 23 and 30, but we're going to start at 28. Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. I mean, I think this is a good phrase right there. Let him. Let him eat of the bread. Let him drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So usually the big stress is on unworthy. Well, come on, we're never going to be worthy except by the blood of Christ. We're never going to be worthy except by the blood of Christ. And the key phrase is not discerning the Lord's body. And right after that is the phrase for this reason. There aren't four or five or six reasons listed. There's one reason, and it is that you weren't discerning the Lord's body, meaning, and other translations actually put it like this, that you don't recognize the meaning, that we don't fully understand what's being released to us in the communion. Like, you've got to face it. Sometimes it becomes a ritual. And, uh, you know, some churches do it every Sunday, some only once every six weeks. I mean... That's why I've taken to doing it every day because I want, I guess I'm coming into understanding of there's actually life that's imparted to us in the breaking of the bread. And you guys had this little story um, just recently where you took communion and then you had a piece, a piece of the bread or cracker or something fell into the juice. And then it, when they picked it up, it was in the shape of a heart. 
It was so cool how God speaks to us, isn't it? Yeah, praise God, praise God, praise God. So um, do you remember when Bill Vanderbush was here? Wasn't it just recently this summer? Anybody get to hear him? Okay, so he, I know he's such a historical genius, but he was talking about, um, he's done this in-depth study of Christians in the first, second, third century. And he was talking about, he mostly wanted to talk about how did we get this big change that all of a sudden they were killing Christians, throwing them to the lions, and how did all this happen? Well, I know he had some remarkable stuff he talked about. For example, people, there are records in the first, second, third century of people walking on water like Jesus. There was the one that threw me was people being able to read in the dark by the glow of their countenance. Like, oh, that was just awesome. And then there were these rumors that were going around um, when they started hating the Christians. One of the rumors was that they ate flesh and they drank blood. How do you think a rumor like that got started? It's because it was such a big deal for the believers, the earlier believers, to break bread. We're talking about the body, the broken body of Christ, and to eat, to drink the the juice, the wine that represents the blood of Christ. And they actually would term it like that. Because this is something that Jesus said, John chapter 6, verse 53. <clears throat> Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Well, this kind of threw the crowds into a tizzy and a whole bunch of them decided not to follow Jesus after this. But look what he's saying. There's actually life connected. And I personally am believing that. Every time I break the bread and drink the cup, I am... There's life, resurrection life being released into my body. And again, it is a matter of faith, friends. I mean, anything with the kingdom is a matter of faith. You have to attach faith in it. You have to believe that there's something occurring on the divine level, the supernatural level. So there's another place in the scripture that connects the bread with healing. Let's go to this passage in Matthew chapter 15. Behold a woman of Canaan, this means she's not a Jew at all. She's from an ungodly background. She came from that region, she cried out to Jesus, and she said, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. Jesus answered her, not a word. He didn't even respond. His disciples came and urged him, Just send her away. She's just crying out after us. But Jesus said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him and she said, I mean, do you notice her response even when Jesus ignored her? Most, you know, a lot of us would just, oh, okay, well, I guess this isn't my day. I guess he doesn't want to take care of my need. But she came anyway and she worshipped him. And she said, Lord, help me. But he answered and he said, it is not good to take, look at this, the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she, I mean, she could have been extremely offended. She could have said, that is it. I am leaving here right now. No. She had so much faith. She said, yeah, Lord, but the little dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. 
I need just a crumb, she says. All I need is a crumb. There's so much healing power in your body. Jesus answered her, Oh, woman, what faith. Great is your faith. Just let it be to you exactly as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very same hour. Glory to God. So back to, I guess we have three minutes left. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, where Paul is explaining... Starting in verse 23, he says, I received from the Lord. Now, he's making it sound like he got it direct from Jesus. And, you know, he does talk about being up in paradise in other scriptures where he spent some time in the heavenly place. So he could have very well got this straight from Jesus or who knows, maybe he's referring to having heard about it from the other disciples. But he says, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. I don't know if you can put yourself into that. It's just a regular Passover meal. The Jewish people celebrated Passover every single year. It's just a regular meal. It was special, but it was just a regular meal. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the meal, he just picks up this bread and he says, take it. This is my body broken for you. You need to hear that, friend. Any and every time you take communion, and I dare you, please, try it. You can do it at home, you know. You can use bread, you can use cracker, you can use chip, you can do, use juice or milk or water or anything. Just it's what you believe is happening, that impartation of life and healing and health. Jesus said, this is my body broken for Who? Just all the religious leaders of the day? No, for you. For you. And then he says, do this in remembrance of me. So we want to remember him. Can we go on to the next one? Um, Then the cup. This is the new covenant in my blood. And again he says, do this in remembrance of me. Verse 26, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So there is a proclaiming going on to your own spirit, to your own soul, to your own body, but to the spirit world, friends. Every demon, every principality and power is very aware of what's going on in the spirit. You are proclaiming, Jesus died for me. Jesus' body was broken for me and my healing. Before we're out of time here, I'm just going to give one little testimony because there's a lady that... Um, in a couple of these books I've been reading, who was in the hospital with seven different issues. And it looked like she was going to be there for a long time. And so her friend said, start taking communion. It doesn't matter what you use. Just do it by faith. See that chip, that cracker, that cookie as the broken body of Christ. And within three weeks, friend, three weeks she was released from the hospital, all seven issues dealt with. Now, I've been doing it nightly since October 14th, and I've had a whole lot of issues clear up. So I just want to dare you, partake. It's for you. It's for you. We'll talk about this a little bit more next time. But, Father, thank you so much that your body was broken for us. Thank you for this avenue of health and healing, for provision that you've made for our well-being. May we partake of the blood and the body of our Lord Jesus in genuine faith, expecting breakthrough in our health in Jesus' name. Health to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.